Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Hakun Wong and I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Football Garbage Time. And with me today are Scott King, former Editor-in-Chief of Football Extra Points and current godfather of Football Garbage Time, as well as Adam and Eva of the Burgundy and Gold Report. Hey Scott, it's been a while. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Glad to be uh, back talking about football. I can, yeah, I can and you yeah, no, it's just it's just on the horizon. I know you tweeted out about it just uh, just yesterday. How it's just basically in the horizon now that we're into getting close to July. I can't believe how fast the summer is going. Hey Scott, I gotta ask you this. Adam and I have been totally geeking out over new Marvel shows and Disney Plus, Falcon and Winter Soldier and Loki. I know you've been flying all over the country <laughs> recently, but have you been watching them at all? Oh yeah, we do. Uh, we watch The Mandalorian. And then uh, Loki right now, we've been nice. taking them, so, yeah. All right, all right. I download what I can for the long flight. And I got to ask you, so yay or nay of Loki? I know it's been, like, a, there's a lot, of, a lot of thoughts out there as to whether people like it or not. Oh, I, I'm giving it an undecided right now. I'm gonna oh, an undecided. It's, it's, yeah, I... I I'm going to give it a little more chance. I, I'm not definitely a yay, but I'm not not writing it off just yet. So I'm going okay. to give it, a, give it a little bit more and see how it does. How it does. <laughs> well, honest I answer, am, honest answer. Yeah, yeah no, Adam, Adam also like, <laughs> I, on the other hand, I'm completely biased and love it. Um, and love I love Owen Wilson and love Tom Hiddleston. And that's just amazing. And obviously, you know, as Adam and I talked about before, we talk about Disney so much, they should be paying us. Did you hear that, Disney? You owe us... <laughs> free Disney Plus for all of the marketing that we do for you on this show. Anyway, so let's talk about what we're going to be talking about today, because we've got plenty to talk about. We're going to be starting with an update on the Washington football team, and then we're going to do our rundown of the NFC North, including the Chicago Bears, Detroit Lions, Green Bay Packers, and Minnesota Vikings, plus fantasy football draft targets from the NFC North, and much, much more. So let's get this rolling. All right, and, and I got to start with this here, Scott, because I know Adam and I obviously big fans of The Office. We uh, we uh, we just discovered this last week, but you know the reference, the rundown from The Office where uh, Idris Elba was the uh, the uh, the boss at The Office, and and Jim Halpert had to do a rundown. Do you remember? Do you do you remember that episode? I I don't. I've I've seen a lot of The Office, but I've okay. never watched it end to end. It's on the list. Okay. Though. Yeah. So you're not a psycho <laughs> like Adam and I. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving well, you know, it all now. It also, it, also, it also speaks to just like what really is on TV. Like we're all going watch back. I watch the same Office two three times oh, yeah. sometimes because oh, honestly, no you know, talking about Loki. I, I enjoy Loki because honestly, it's just really bad you know programming out there. So to find it's something true. like decent, you know, it's like I watch like I catch myself watching a zombie show. And it's like that's what that's what Netflix is now. It's turned into zombie shows, <laughs> and basically they just copy the same thing over and over. Right. Change, change the headline names. picture, and you're like, you're like, I've watched it, and I'm like, oh, it's a different headline picture, and I realize halfway through, I've already seen this film. So, but yeah, yeah if we find something good, it's worth it. That's right, but I've watched I've watched The Office just like you, Adam, a million times. So, so Scott's in there scratching his head, saying like, what What do you guys actually do 
for work? <laughs> do you actually do anything else other than watch The Office? And watch uh, working from home, so I just work. <laughs> exactly, work from home. Makes it happen. Makes it all happen. So let's start with that Washington football team update. Adam, why don't you fire away? Let us know what's up with them right now in the offseason. You know, I think last week, you know, of course, we focused on the obvious. The national media has given them attention on, you know, what, how good can this defense be? So, you know, we, we, we went through that, and oh, I'm sure, you know, as a Washington fan, you know we'll be coming back to that, especially with right. training camp starting in a couple of weeks and well, no three doubt. and a half weeks out now. But uh, the storyline that, you know, hasn't really got much attention that I think will start to pick up a little bit is in camp is Antonio Gibson. You know, we talk about, uh-huh. um, you know, six foot two, 220-pound running back, the kind of year he had. But we're also talking about the stable that they're slowly building. You know, last year they really relied heavily on J.D. McKissick. We talked about that was week as well. But a guy that, you know, I really wanted to talk about before we get into that thing is a guy, you know, we, I've touched upon here and there, Jared Patterson from Buffalo University. Um, just uh-huh. looking up and down, going the film of seeing what, you know, Washington's going to be trying to do on offense. Of course they're going to, you know, the Fitzmagic's in. They're going to try to air it out, Yami Brown, McLaurin, all the additions they have. But, you know, to really keep up with, you know, the, the heavy hitters in the NFL, they're going to have to establish the run. And as good as Antonio Gibson is, you know, he's still feeling the effects of the turf that we had last year. But, you know, the guy that I just have absolutely fallen in love with, Jaron Patterson again in Buffalo, you know, last year, you know, he had the game where he had 400-something yards in one game and seven touchdowns, and he just blew everybody away. But what I love about him is how I think he's going to create mismatch nightmares with him and Gibson actually being on the field at the same time. We saw a little of that last year with the dual running back sets with McKissick and Gibson. But I think now they actually have a running back that if they have to give him a draw, he's going to get that, you know, five, six yard. He's that bowling ball type back. But, you know, I think Washington football, we're talking about a lot of, you know, the fantasy impact they could have. Gibson, right. everyone I say, you know, they're going to be looking at him in five, six, you know, fifth, sixth round. And, you know, I'll go back and say some of the comments I said last week, listening to the show. I definitely had yeah. guys a lot higher before I looked at the fantasy boards. I'm starting, you know, you know me. I'm, I'm learning as I go with the fantasy stuff. But, you know, I don't care. <laughs> Antonio Gibson, I like this guy early on because I think you're getting the receiving yards, the running yards, just everything yep. you need. And having that change-up guy in Patterson, that's like a late, late, late-round guy that, you know, if you're talking about Gibson goes down for a game or two, that's a guy that can literally come in and give you 20, uh, 20 to 25 carries a game. And I'm that I have much faith in him. But Jared Patterson, Buffalo, Antonio Gibson, yeah, watch out for the Washington run game getting established this year. Yeah, I totally I, – those, those are good, good pieces of snippets of information there, all kind of continuing on from the stuff we talked about last week. Let me ask you one more follow-up question. Morgan Moses just signed by the New yes. York Jets. Tell me a little bit about what they're getting there. Is it something that you think was yeah. a good pickup by the Jets, or is it a loss for the Washington football team? It's funny, guys, because I saw we were, you know, we were talking about the NFC North I was going to mention, because the Bears, it was almost a done deal. I don't really know the details. It slowly trickled out that I guess there was interest, but whoever reported on it was just ahead of themselves. But in the end, the Jets end up getting them on a one-year deal. Um, you know, they have uh, Becton, which was their first-round pick out of Louisville last year. That's going to be men in their left side. But they also right. drafted up for Elijah Vera Tuck out of the New York Jets, uh, yeah. out of USC. And I yeah. think a lot of people thought that he could slide over to uh, right tackle. But what this does now, Morgan Moses is not that world beater. Washington let him go. It's a cap move. Um, you know, 31 years old, eight million, eight and a half million. We saved, I think, $7 million Washington saved. So he comes right. to the Jets, low cost. He means that right side for, you know, this year. You can slide Veritak inside. So, really, what you're doing with Zach Wilson right now, what they didn't do with any other quarterback, you know, I, I'll say as far back as, you know, Vinny Testaverde. They right. just have not invested the resources into the offensive line that they should have. They're just allergic to it. So, I think yep. in two drafts, 
you're seeing them drastically, drastically improve. And again, even if it's just a one year, I can see Morgan Moses playing well enough to get an extension with them. So, you know, that's a good late, you know, off season move that's really going to help the Jets, you know, immediately because he's a plug and yep. play day one. Totally agree. And in line with what we talked about with our caller last week on the New York Jets, really interested to see how this all kind of shakes out. So exciting stuff there. So let's go ahead and move on to our main topic of the day. The rundown. Oh, man, I didn't even tell you the rest of the story, Scott. But the rundown, by the way, in the episode, he, he gets asked, Jim gets asked to do a rundown. And he says, absolutely, let's do it. And he has no idea what it is. So the entire episode is him trying to figure out what the rundown is. Okay, Rundown, basically, just a, a list of things. So uh, nothing special there, but it was a hilarious episode. So it made me think about it. So we're going to be doing a rundown for every uh, division in NFL. And we did, uh, we did the NFC East last week. We're doing the NFC North this week. And we're going to start ourselves here with the Chicago Bears, uh, my Chicago Bears, if I might add. And let's start with you, Adam, with the Chicago Bears. What are your top concerns about the Bears entering the 2021 NFL season? You know, I, I like what they did with, with Justin Fields because I said going to the draft, a lot of people misunderstood me that I thought he was not, you know, an NFL ready. And they, the Dwayne Haskins thing, please, this guy, the only thing they have in connection is the school, and that it ends there. So I was really happy to see Chicago do that because even as a Washington fan, I've always loved Chicago. You know, you being in Chicago definitely I think <laughs> helped us, you know, linking up. But, you know, that, that's yes, an sir. awesome move. But what, what they did, just like we talked about the Jets a minute ago, is – solidifying that offensive line. And although I have it as a pro, you know, I do have it as a Although I like Kevin Jackson, they got him in 39. I think that he will have his early struggles because I did see, you know, watching a lot of tape on him pre-draft, you know, I, I do see a guy that's a little bit of a waist bender, you know, very tall, very athletic kind of guy. So I think he has a really great future. You know, think about how when Long was with Chicago, more in yeah. that kind of mold. So, you know, high ceiling guy. But, again, he needs work. And, again, a guy I really like they got late, Larry Boom out of Missouri. You know, I watched a oh, lot yeah. of Missouri t- tape this year, you know, just for the various prospects they had coming out, mostly on the defensive side of the ball. But Boom really just kept showing on tape. So now you have an option with a guy that can, you know, most likely inside, but he can, you know, you know switch in and out. But in the end, it all comes down to, you know, one guy on that team for me. It's Allen Robinson. Um, you know, last year, 102 receptions, 1,250 yards, six touchdowns, 12.3 reception. That guy is your star. You know, I love what they're doing with the receiving game. You know, Anthony Miller, yep. I think, the, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but there was talk about him wanting to trade. You know, right. uh, they, you know right. Darnell Mooney, and I, a guy I, I oh, love. Love Darnell because Mooney. Because I've been watching – is, you know, I've been watching Deame Brown as Daz Newsome out of UNC. You know, but Deame Brown got a lot of the love. But, man, Daz Newsome, he's got to watch. So, yes. although they have that core, I, I think look again for Allen Robinson, get you that 1,100 yards, man. That's your fantasy guy. Probably Absolutely. one of your, you know, highest. Because look what he did last year. You know, we're talking about Washington with McLaurin with four quarterbacks. You know, what uh, Allen Robinson did with the quarterback play in Chicago last year, definitely, uh, you know, I think you've got to have him tops on your list. So, to me, that's the guy you got to have for the Bears. Yes, yes, I totally agree with that. And let's flip it over to Scott. Now, what are your top concerns regarding the Bears entering the 2021 NFL season? And what players are you targeting for fantasy football? Yeah, I definitely think it has to go right back to that quarterback position. And, Unfortunately, I, I, I don't like to bring the negativity uh, on your bears, but as a Buckeye, I'll, I'll say um, Justin Fields' pick, you know, it concerns me for the bears, especially when I know they want to 
give him some time to grow, but you know how this goes. They're going to put him on the field early. And if you look back, you know, I, I just point to that Northwestern and Alabama game. That's, that's the Justin Fields that I worry about for the NFL. Yeah. And he just underperformed there. And I'm just really concerned that that's, you know, where, where he'd end up if they throw him in too early. So hopefully I'm wrong for his sake, but, um, you know, they really just got to figure out that quarterback spot because, you know, they've got depth at running back. Um, obviously, Allen Robinson is, is by far and away, I think, their best fantasy option, other than the defense probably, if you're if you're looking for some sacks on the defense right. side. But, um, right. you know, they just got to figure it out. And, and it's unfortunate. You know, you look at these franchises who for years and years and decades and decades still struggle at these positions. And I compare to these teams that, I mean, you know, you've got the Rex Grossman days and you've got these, you know, years where there just seem to be scrambling in the Jay Cutler experiment. And I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's just fascinating how these teams can struggle at a position for just decade after decade. Right, right. right. No, totally, totally agree with that. Totally agree with that. Now, I'll throw in um, two more things really quick on this and then we'll move on to the next one is, you know, I, have, I wonder about the stadium because there is this, this, this decision point where they're thinking about moving the stadium out of uh, Chicago. And that's going to have some impact on them. It certainly will have a different feel. Uh, I don't know if it's going to make a difference or not. They're looking at Arlington International Racecourse right now in Arlington Heights. Uh, again, I'm not sure if that's going to change anything, but certainly this is kind of off-the-field stuff that can really mess with you as a player and if there's stuff kind of going back and forth. And, of course, just the field being the, the big deal there. And for – Fantasy, let me just mention a couple guys that I like really late because, you know, obviously the Bears offense, not fantastic. I'm first to admit that. But Darnell Mooney going at 142nd overall. So look, sitting there in your 15th round, Darnell Mooney, good kind of lottery ticket to take as a wide receiver. Tariq Cohen there at 152 overall, looking at a 16th rounder. Cole Komet, the tight end there, I'm biased because of Notre Dame, but Cole Komet was a great pass catcher, great route runner. And he would be their starting tight end next year, potentially with Justin Fields, sitting at 154th overall, the, second, the 21st tight end off the board. So if you're waiting, you want to try and pair him with somebody else, take Cole Hummett, 21st tight end. Yeah. Not, not so bad right there. Okay, all right. So let's go ahead and move on to the next team right here. Bring the bell on this one and move on to the Detroit Lions. Now, Scott, I expect you have a lot to say about the Detroit Lions being a long-term long-time Detroit Lions fan. Tell us, what are your concerns with the Lions entering the 2021 season, and what players are you targeting for fantasy football? Yeah, the concerns for this this franchise go all over the place, uh, starting with actually the head coach, even off the field, and and I'm on record for not being a fan of Dan Campbell, and, and it's unfortunate mm-hmm. that I have to continue to say that about these coaches. But, <laughs> right. um, the defense is just hor- horrifyingly bad. Um, surprisingly, they've they finally shored up the offensive line, so that's been a that's been one of these decade long issues. And I feel like the Sewell pick really gets them in a good spot. Um, you know, wide receiver they're a little thin at, but this is a team that's going to give up some yards and points. That it's just going to be really scary to watch. So. Um, I think the entire offense is, is, or I'm sorry, the entire defense is a concern of mine. Um, And I think it's going to be hard to watch this year. Fantasy-wise, you know, I mean, I I think Swift is the easy one to go to. Um, You know, you talked about Komet for the Bears, which I agree with for late tight end. If you're looking for 
you know, kind of a middle-of-the-road tight end, top 10-ish, but not quite the Kelsey's. Hawkinson mm-hmm. is a good pick. And then sure. depending on your league setup, if you're in a two-quarterback league or needing a backup, I mean, Jared Goff is not terrible. And I'm not just saying it because he's on Detroit, but, <laughs> I mean, how this guy all of a sudden has this reputation that he's, you know, I saw a ranking where he was like the 30th-ranked quarterback in the league. This is – there's no way. I mean, he's he's in the teens for sure, but this guy is not, you know, bottom – five quarterbacks in the NFL. So mm-hmm. there's definitely some value there uh, at, at fantasy and especially depending on your league situation. But um, it's going to be another rough season, I think. Uh, you know, we're not doing predictions today, but it's a sub-500 sub, uh, sub year yet again. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm just to follow up on that, Jared Goff, the 27th quarterback off the board in typical fantasy football drafts. So going very, very late there can basically be had for a song. So definitely worth a look right there. And um, as you mentioned, TJ Hawkinson going in the sixth round at 51st overall. So yeah, you know, you got some top 10, top five, um, maybe even top four potential there with TJ Hawkinson, depending on what type of connection he has with a new uh, new quarterback, um, but we'll see. I mean, that's certainly certainly worth a shot there. Let me ask you two more quick questions there, Scott, since you are our Lions expert. You know, new defensive coordinator is in there. No, we've got Aaron Glenn in there. You, do you think that's going to help improve the defense for the Detroit Lions? I think the talent is just, is just not there. The, the concern I have for this coaching staff top to bottom is, it's loaded with players and, and they really, you know, get the players fired up and, and they you know, beat their head against the wall probably without helmets on, which is all <laughs> fine and, and good. But I, I prefer I prefer my coaches more in the Sean Payton, um, you know, uh, Mike Tomlin. These are the guys uh-huh. who are, are professors, right? I want right, my right. head coach and coaches to be like mad scientists, not, you know, going at players and headbutting them in the locker room. That's for the strength and conditioning coach or maybe a position <laughs> coach. But I mean, right. they, they talk about how fired up they're getting these guys. I mean, you can be fired up all day long, but if you don't have talent, you don't have a scheme, you're going to be going nowhere fast. And right. that's my concern. Yeah, no doubt. All right, let's flip over to you here, Adam. What do you have on the Detroit Lions? I'll tell you, he Scott touched on it, but this this was wide receiver group. <laughs> this is, you know, I still there's time for us to go through the rest of the teams, but this could be one of the weakest groups I've seen in the league. In yep. saying that, one guy that I love and I think that he's going to really do well in Detroit is uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. Yes, uh, he's a yes. guy that I was hoping they would probably go to a team with a more established number one because I don't see him as a number one. I see him as a right. really solid number two. So I right. think. We're going to talk about fantasy, maybe surprises this year. He's my surprise. You know, I'm sure you look on the boards. If he's if he's even a late round guy, I'd be surprised. But do not to be. You know, if he's with with Jared Goff. I was thinking I'm one of these guys that were convinced. You know, too that he wasn't that that guy, but he's definitely not bottom of the league. Just under four thousand yards last year. The twenty touchdowns. The 13 interceptions are concerning, but I did go back and watch, you know, a couple of those on uh, on the All-22, and a lot of those were, you know, blown routes, you know, really good DB coverage, and, you know, pressure in golf face. So I have to right. say, you know, with Detroit, 
I don't think that they're going to be that bad on offense as people think. But, man, that wide receiver group, I think they really need to get the running back heavily involved in the passing game because, you know, guys like Sage Surratt, Tyrell Williams, they're just yep. not going to do it. You're, I'm on St. Brown's going to be a guy in your tight ends and your running backs. That's going to be your offense this year. But that's my main concern. But, man, Penny Sewell, you're talking about, you know, a guy that can, you know, plug and play, really solidify what they need to do. It was interesting the pre-draft he was going, he was working out for a few teams inside. I don't think mm-hmm. that's how Detroit views him, but it was interesting to see that. You don't usually see that for top-tier uh, tackles going, you know, that high in the draft. But right. so after that, you saw them go defense the next three picks, defensive tackle, defensive tackle, and then they went cornerback, Afide Melafanu out of Syracuse, which is a guy I scouted before yes. the uh, senior bowl. Absolutely yep. love him, nearly six foot four. So I like what they're doing in Detroit. But like Scott said, I, I, this, this coaching staff, there's a lot to be desired with, you know, what they can really do with this unit. So uh, it might be another staff that might not last more than, you know, a year or two years. But, uh, you know, Jared Goff and, you know, what they have going, they could definitely do worse. Yeah, I agree with that. And, of course, Amon Ross St. Brown going the 83rd wide receiver off the board at 242 overall. So basically undrafted. Yeah, just Steel. take him. Just take him, guys. And and honestly, I don't even mind taking a little bit of Tyrell Williams, to tell you the truth. I mean, who knows what's going to happen, but, like, he had a pretty solid year in 2019, had 1,000-plus yards in 2016. I mean, he obviously has skills. Right. It's a question. Right. I mean, he will have opportunity. There's not a lot of people to throw to there. He's going 260 overall, wide receiver 91. So, again, basically free. So, if you want to take some shots there, I don't mind investing in some targets over in Detroit. All right, let's move on to the next. Yeah, just one. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I, I, one, one more real quick. Detroit loves garbage time. So these guys, <laughs> you know, Detroit's going to be behind, and they're going right. to be throwing. Count on these guys getting touchdowns down 20 points with no time left. Definitely. Here, so. Great yes. point. Great point. Yes, yes. Great for fantasy football. And they love garbage time, meaning us and the garbage time on the field, right? Both yes. of them. They, they love both of those things. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about those Packers, those Green Bay Packers, those damn Packers. Oh, my goodness. All right, Adam, we'll start with you. <laughs> Top concerns regarding the Packers entering the 2021 NFL season. I think we all know what it might be. Uh, and what players are you targeting uh, from them? Yeah, um, I guess uh, Aaron Rodgers. Maybe that's, that's the top <laughs> right. concern because everything we're hearing is Denver a bust. Um, I, I think it's going to happen. You really haven't heard any other uh, teams being favored or mentioned. You know, the Washington fans would love to see that. But in all reality, Denver and John Elway makes the most sense because, you know, his career needs somebody or he probably doesn't have too much time left in the league. And Aaron Rodgers is really trying to, you know, play another five, six-plus years at a high level. But I think Green right. Bay has really shown it, and, and they showed it in the draft that um, they're not really looking to add him weapons right away. And I don't really understand that because to go with the Clemson wide receiver Rodgers where they did, I think that they could have flip-flopped and got the same kind of talent um, later on where they selected and just looked for real impact players. Because if you right. look right now at, their, at, at the way they're, they're built, that run game is solid. You know, you're talking about right. you know, from Jones, from everybody from top to bottom. But how many running backs are you going to have? Like, if Aaron Rodgers, if you're looking for a guy to be takeover games, 300-plus yards, you know, you have three guys, you know, between Dylan, Jones, actually four guys with the other guys they drafted and brought in. So yeah. I just don't really <laughs> see what they're doing. It, to, me, it, to me, it's confusing because I, I like LaFleur. He's a good young mind. I think he can do a lot of good things. But my concern is 
how are they going to bring this all together? Because, you know, with the receiver group, it, it, it sounds like that could be breaking up soon. Their top receiver could be gone. He's waiting right. on Rodgers to see what happens. But I don't think after, after that they have much tight end. Again, that would have been a position that they really could have found a steal in this draft because there was a lot, you know, Brevin Jordan, we talk about where he went in the third round to the Texans. I think you bring a guy like that into to Green Bay, I think that's an instant impact. That's a guy that's your flex tight end. But they, they there's no creativity right now to that team. So, again, it starts and ends with Aaron Rodgers. But side note, the cornerbacks are garbage with them. So, you know, the cornerbacks and safety, they're, they're not. So I think even Chicago, if they somehow field comes in early and starts the first you know, second, third game. I still think they're going to be giving up 20, 25 points. So they're going to need Aaron Rodgers because if it loves there, I don't see them, you know, scoring 25, 30 points a game to compete with anybody. Yeah, absolutely agree with that part. And, um, well, Scott, what do you think about these Packers? What's the big problems there? And what are you targeting in, in, in uh, fantasy football drafts? Yeah, I couldn't be happier with all the turmoil in Green Bay. Neither could I. I, I, <laughs> Neither could I. And, <laughs> and Rodgers. So this is all good news for me. I mean, I think it's just the quarterback position. Aaron Rodgers has this franchise, you know, completely turned upside down. I think it's the irony of the situation that he had with Brett Favre and how the franchise handled it is is just so, you know, hilarious to me as a fan. And I think, you know, it just shows this, this team with, with their situation, having uh, the shares owned by the fans and then having kind of this chairman instead of an owner – um, right. they're not able to make these hard decisions and it catches up with them over and over again. So um, it's just going to be turmoil. If Rodgers leaves, they're going to be, you know, a master quarterback. If he stays, it's just going to be a problem all year. So they're right. really going to struggle there. Um, you know, with that said, Aaron Jones is going to get his, his points, his yards, his touches, Most especially definitely. if, you know, if they move to love for sure. And, you know, you still have to go to the to the wide receiver position as well. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how it turns out. But it's really just a mess. And, you know, it's unfortunate because they have some weapons on offense. But Aaron Rodgers has just completely turned this franchise inside out. And yeah. uh, I couldn't be happier. <laughs> right. And it'll be interesting to see what happens there with Aaron Rodgers. We've talked about him many times. So we'll see how that all turns out. I'll also mention one other thing about the Green Bay Packers, and that's their special teams. They rank 30th in kickoff returns and punt returns in 2020. Green Bay didn't have a single punt return of more than 20-plus yards all year. They ranked 25th in opponent average starting field position, ranked last in the NFL in punt coverage, allowing 17.1 yards per return. Their special teams was their weakest part of the team and maybe probably the weakest in the NFL. So if it's Aaron Rodgers, we already know that his frontal Aaron Rodgers can still win games. He did it last year. If it's not Aaron Rodgers, good luck. Unless they do something about their special teams, Jordan Love will not be able to handle that hot mess in Green Bay. But I will say this. If Aaron Rodgers stays, Amari Rodgers is the 94th wide receiver off the board right now on fantasy football drafts, 271st overall. Man, give me some of Amari Rodgers if he stays in in Packer land. In fact, heck, I'd take a slide. Go take a lottery ticket on him. Who knows what's going to happen at the end of the year. All right. We're down to our last team in the NFC North, and that's the Minnesota Vikings. So, Scott, let's start with you. What are your top concerns for the Vikings entering the 2021 NFL season, and what players are you targeting for fantasy football drafts? You know, I think the Vikings are an interesting team. They don't, they don't get a lot of uh, national coverage, but they're slowly sort of building a team that, 
that I think is pretty strong. I, I mean, it's easy to point at, at Cousins as, as kind of the weak point there, but I think they've done a lot to shore up their defense. Um, they got a steal last year with Justin Jefferson in the draft. I mean, he ended up being doing a great job. So, really, I think it's consistency that I'm looking for out of this team and, and seeing that they can, you know, deliver on a week-in and week-out basis. But this this is, I think, I would say quietly one of the, you know, sleeper teams that, that could make a decent run here at, at the, the playoffs. I think from a fantasy standpoint – I mean, Dalvin Cook carried me a long way last year. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, he, he kind of ran out of steam. So make sure you handcuff him because he, he did take some nicks and dings and especially down at the end. And, you know, I, I really like Justin Jefferson. I thought he was yes. great last year, very dynamic, very explosive. Um, you know, you pair him with Thielen if he can stay on the field. Um, this is This is definitely an interesting team. But as I look at it, they made a lot of moves on defense. And uh, I think it's going to be a good year for these guys if they can they can keep it together. Yeah, no doubt. All right, let's flip it over to you, Adam. What are your top concerns, and what are you targeting for fantasy football of the Minnesota Vikings? You know, this might be a surprise to some, but again, I'm, I'm a Washington fan, so I'm very familiar with the whole Kirk Cousins <clears throat> up and down play. <laughs> yes. and although, you know, Justin Jefferson, you all know, start with him, I guess. You know, he, of course, you know, it starts and ends with him. He's the fantasy stud last year, 1,400 yards, seven touchdowns, but 15.9 on average. Oh, so he did all that with only 88 receptions. So, you know, it starts and ends with him. But the thing is, I don't think Kirk Cousins can even duplicate what he did last year, which was a very good year. Um, you know, historically, but as far as compared to the rest of the teams, it, it, it was more in that middle of the pack, a little higher range. And I just think their selection of Kellen Mond in the third round, some people might yeah. not think much of that. But, right. you know, I didn't I, – I was a guy that thought that that was way too high for him, just like I thought it was for some of the other quarterbacks. But the third yep. round is a legitimate spot with some of the guys on the board. And it was – don't – you know, don't sleep. There was some legit talent. But, you know, with their selection of Kristen Darisol first overall – that shows me I think you're going to see, you know, maybe more less targets for probably Justin Jefferson and the receivers and, you know, more runs. Because I think yep. when you're going to bring in a guy like Darisaw to Virginia Tech, his, yes, his strength right now is, is run blocking. It is not pass blocking. It's going to take right. time, um, you know, to rely, to, to rely on him to give, you know, Kirk Cousins a clean pocket for, you know, two seconds, I think is a little much to ask. That was my top concern when I was evaluating him. So I think yep. there's going to be, you know, a definite ded- dedication to the run game. But, again, if Dalvin Cook goes down, you're just looking at this roster. And really, you know, Amir Abdullah, you know, Ken Agnagwe, there's really nobody that's really jumping off. You know, A.J. Rose, you know, out of Kentucky, he's a guy it's actually gained some steam, but I just don't think there's enough right there on that team. Um, they added Patrick Peterson. That's a guy that's going to be able to, you know, probably pay, play a safety corner role for you. I think what right. we, we saw what Woodson did late in his career, um, I think he'll do the same thing as far as probably move to safety hybrid at some point. And Sheldon Richardson is back. So they're trying to bring that defense back, but it, it's not even the same as it was when, when uh, Richardson's left. So right now, my deep, my, I think the concern is the defense and, uh, you know, a drop off of Kirk Cousins because I just think that he's probably hit his ceiling as, you know, how good of a quarterback he's going to get. And I don't think – I think this will be his last year in Minnesota. Right. And to that end, Minnesota was 29th in points allowed per game in 2020. Opposing quarterbacks had a 97.0 passer rating again, which was the 10th highest in the league. They had 23 sacks, which was ranked 28th in the league. Um, it yeah. wasn't good. 
it was absolute garbage for a Mike Zimmer defense. So can Minnesota get that back on track? A big deal. And of course, as you mentioned, Kirsten Derrissaw and what his impact might be. Uh, you know, Minnesota's pass blocking last year ranked 29th last season, according to Pro Football Focus, and 18th in run blocking. Maybe they improve on the run blocking. Are they going to improve on the pass blocking? I don't know, but certainly not good news for Kirk Cousins, but I still love me some Justin Jefferson as well. So all great uh, pieces of advice there, great insight on those teams, some great targets there, and what do you know? We made it to the end of the show. Let's hit the air horn on the show. Wow, it always goes so fast. Hey, Adam, do you have anything to promo for us this year? Uh, this year. Yeah. This podcast. This you year. have plenty to promo this year, but this podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, like you know, like I said on last show, it's really this is the slow time before camp, so it's more just about evaluating film, you know, projections with the offense and defense in Washington, and just looking around the league every time you know we get together on this show. But um, I've got a piece actually coming out on Tim Settle, uh, Washington's defensive tackle. You know, all the love goes to Chase Young, you know, uh, John Allen, Deron Payne, all the guys. But you know, Tim Settle is a guy in the rotation that just slowly. Uh, improved, looked better and better every year. Totally had a body transformation. I'm actually expecting a big year and, you know, a big career in Washington with a shakeup coming uh, with that defensive line. But um, always check me out, um, theburgundyandgoldreport.com. Um, follow me on Twitter, the B&G Report. We'll have a lot of new stuff coming out, you know, within the days, the weeks. But, you know, as soon as we get into training camp, that's when it's going to be, you know, full pedal to the metal. But, uh, yeah, check us out, theburgundyandgoldreport.com. Hail D.C. Absolutely. And Scott, what's your uh, social media here so people can follow you? And everyone, he's a good follow. Scott does not shy away from confrontation. So you want some confrontation, get on social media. <laughs> Scott, why don't you fire that off? Yeah, it's uh, NFL Fantasy underscore more. And uh, yeah, just ready to, to go. I've got my first official live uh, fantasy draft is in the books. Completed it while nice. I was nice. traveling around. So I've already got one down and Wow. To dive in. Precocious. He's getting into it now. It's June, guys. Look at that. Amazing. Hey, (laughs) speaking of which, we have a big announcement to make. We'll be starting the seventh annual Football Garbage Time Twitter Fantasy Football Mock Draft this week. That's right. As always, we'll be collaborating with folks across industry, including Chris and Dan from the Beer Fueled Fantasy Football Podcast and Wole from the Urban Sports Scene Podcast. Of course, Adam and Eva here from the our, our friend, basically, you're part of our, our you're basically a part, a, a, a part of this particular podcast and a part of this website. I, I hate to say that you actually have another affiliation, but, go, you know, obviously <laughs> the Burgundy and Gold Report.com. So he's going to be part of this as well. Uh, Scott King, obviously on here, he'll be part of this as well. And it's always fun to mock draft over Twitter, our fantasy football teams. Always fun to follow us on Twitter when we do that. We'll be uh, giving each other a hard time with those picks as well. Uh, Scott certainly won't be shy about that. And we'll be sending out periodic write-ups on our 7th Annual Football Garbage Time Fantasy Football Mock Draft, discussing our picks and draft strategy on the site. So keep an eye out on the site for that. Wow, so much stuff, and we're getting just inching our way closer and closer. It's exciting. You can follow me on Twitter at FDGarbageTime. And as always, thank you for listening and wasting time with us. Until next time, enjoy your NFL week. Peace.